0: What comes to mind when you think about life, your life, the lives of those you love? Would you be willing to save a loved one's life? Of course, but have you ever stopped and thought about saving the lives of others? Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but when it is broken down, it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. We have been home
1: for a while now. We've heard the numbers, the concerns, the loss, and a lot about the sacrifices so many people are making. We're not really sure what our future will look like when we are able to return to quote unquote, our normal life. For those who have had previously experienced great loss, COVID-19 has us more emotional and feeling grief during the pandemic. Hello, you're listening to episode 12 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. We are joined today by Alyssa Berman, the senior bereavement services counselor at LifeBank, to talk about the extremely heavy emotions that many of us are feeling now. Alyssa, thank you so much for being able to help us decipher some of these emotions and understand a little more why we are feeling grief during this very unique time in history. Alyssa, why would grief specifically feel more intense now during the pandemic?
2: There are a few reasons. One of which is that grief is almost always a very isolating experience in and of itself. And then you add on to that a quarantine, your own feelings of loneliness and not being with the people that you're used to being with and that feeling of grief can just feel 10 times more strong. What's difficult is some people, for example, as a result of their specific loss, may be living alone. So perhaps they're actually grieving the person who was present for them during times of stress. And maybe this was someone who handled logistics. Maybe it was the person who went to the grocery store. It could very well be the person that made you feel safe now, you feel that loss exponentially. And for those people who are early in loss, grief takes every ounce of energy you have and then you add on a crisis like this and it can be really tricky to manage. And some people have really expressed recently that two things which are kind of interesting. One is they find themselves sometimes not thinking about their loved one because they're so focused on this pandemic. And I often reassure them that that's normal, that they compartmentalize things because we have to focus on what's going on. And then the other end, I want to reassure people that if you're feeling kind of annoyed because people are complaining about things that you've actually been dealing with now for weeks and months and years, meaning that people are expressing feelings of loss or maybe they are complaining about isolation and you've been feeling isolated and lonely because you lost somebody who you love very much, you can feel a sense of annoyance. And I also want to reassure people that that is normal, too. It doesn't mean that you're not empathetic. It's just that you're thinking, boy, you know, everybody's being empathetic now. Um, Where was this when I was really struggling? And then the other aspect, too, is, of course, most people are thinking about their loved ones a lot. You know, it's not just that we miss people in good times, but when we have to make important decisions, when there's a crisis, it really can ramp up those feelings of grief. In addition to that, of course, we have the grief of the unknown, the anticipatory grief of what will be. And that can be scary on a good day. Combine that with loss and it can feel like it's unbearable.
1: You are so right. I see that reflected in my own emotions a lot. So how do we manage grief now? Both our individual grief and then the collective communal grief.
2: So the first thing I want to say that's so important is for listeners who may have had or have, pre-existing mental health conditions or issues with substance abuse, that those folks need to know that they may respond more strongly to the stress of this crisis. And especially if you are someone who's helping others in this crisis, doctors, healthcare providers, et cetera, you may have a stronger response. And so the advice or guidance I'm giving is general guidance. I just want to say that. Because you may need very specific guidance based on your history, of which, of course, I'm not privy to, you know, in in just this conversation. Right. So one of the most important things we can do to manage this is avoid excessive exposure to social media and media coverage. For lack of better terms, I look at it as electronic distancing. Because it's incredibly important that we manage that. We see over and over the people who are inundated with information have higher anxiety levels. The other thing that's really important is to take care of our bodies. Whether that means taking deep breaths, stretching, meditating, eating healthy, trying to do your best to move, to get outside and see the sun, um, and to try your best to get decent sleep, whatever that is for you. The other part of this, too, is to remind yourself that when you are experiencing really strong feelings, they will pass. And especially for the families who are struggling with grief, you've been here before. You know that you have these waves of feeling and then it passes over you. So I encourage people to take breaks, to read, to do activities that you enjoyed previously. If you can, you may be doing it via Zoom, or you may be doing it with just your partner or with some other one individual, but try to do it. Also, while the term social distancing has been used, I definitely prefer physical distancing. I do not think we need to socially distance ourselves from other people. We need to connect to others. We just can't do it in person. So connect with people, share your concerns, share how you're feeling, And really try to do your best to maintain a sense of hope and perspective. I have a quote above my computer and it says, every storm runs out of rain, stay calm. We will come through the other side of this because every storm does in fact run out of rain.
1: I love that. I love that. What are some of the mental health wellness tips you can recommend? Just to help get us through this long period of time where we are physically isolated.
2: So in addition, and I'm going to repeat it because it's worth repeating, in addition to limiting your social media and COVID conversation, I really want to encourage people to lower your expectations and practice self-acceptance. What I mean by this is if you expect that you are going to, in addition to working from home, Or, as a result from no longer working, redo your whole home, clean every closet, and clear every flower bed. I encourage people to lower their expectations. People are struggling right now with a lack of motivation and a lack of focus. So, set realistic expectations for yourself and also accept where you are, accept your current situation. And accept what's going on in your life without blame or pushback. There isn't a roadmap for this. None of us can say, in the last pandemic, what I did was, none of us can. It has become a enormous equalizer. We're all in the same boat. The other thing that's so important right now is to focus on what you can control. Because... There are so many things right now out of our control. And if you can just focus on strengthening the current connections you have, try to engage with people via Zoom or the people you live with in healthy ways and just reassure yourself that you are currently safe and you're in a good place. That has obvious exceptions. Not everybody is safe and in a good place. But that's why I I said before, this is making some general assumptions for people. In addition, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of routine, setting a schedule for yourself each day, because routine and predictability create a sense of internal safety. And when the world outside is feeling unsafe, That routine and predictability is essential, and yet for most of us, it's been kicked up in the air and thrown down in pieces. But we can control our routine and our schedule. The other piece that may sound strange but important is we kind of have to dress during the day for the life we want. I really encourage people to shower, dress in comfortable clothes, wash your face, brush your teeth, do what you would normally do whether you are working or not, put on some colors that make you feel good because taking care of ourselves in that way really can impact our mood. And if you can, go out and breathe the air. I know that some of us live in places where maybe the sun isn't out a lot or maybe it's raining, but again, that will pass too. And being able to get out and breathe the air is incredibly important. And finally, you don't have to isolate yourself from others socially. Try to connect with people. Try to do FaceTime, Skype, texting. Connect with people who you know can support you. And for those of you who have children at home, you have an extra kind of challenge that that some people may not have. Just remember that you have to just do your best Limit your child's exposure to media and to social media and know that your job really is just to give them a sense of structure and a sense of safety and really lower your expectations for their school performance during this time because we're all in an unusual state of being and children are no different from us. They just need to know that they're safe and that they're going to be okay.
1: Words of wisdom. That is extremely helpful. And I know I will practice some of those suggestions myself. We are trying to, as you said, work uh, from home. We're trying to make it feel normal, but it just isn't. We have to adjust and, and take care of ourselves and understand that we haven't been here before. This is new ground. Exactly. Alyssa, thank you so much for being here today. I'm sure our listeners will take your advice and hopefully learn how to control that roller coaster of emotions that we may be feeling now during this pandemic. You're welcome. If you have more questions about how COVID-19 pandemic affects organ, eye, and tissue donation, visit our website, lifebank.org, and under the About Donation tab is a special page, addressing some of the frequently asked questions. Thanks for tuning in to this special episode. I invite you back next week and let's talk about life.
0: Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life, the podcast that is changing lives. Organ, eye and tissue donation is truly All about life, life given, life received and lives saved and healed. If you have questions about today's podcast, Reach out to us at info at or visit LifeBank.org for more information. If you are already a registered donor, we thank you. If you are not, take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at the BMV or online at LifeBank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it. Donate life.